listening to 247 Real Talk. This is your host, Julian Perry. And for this episode, I have the honor of some really interesting and inspiring guests. They are the founders of the TV show and production Second Chance. I'll be right back with Paul and Tiffany Butal. Good evening to you, Paul Nutal and Tiffany Nutal. Thank you so much for being guests on 247 Real Talk. Thank you, Thank you for having us, sir. Yes, it is, it is a, an honor and a, a privilege to share your story with my audience. After a brief preliminary conversation with you, I found it so interesting. I think the world should know it. So um, as we work our way into the the meat of the story, so to speak. Why don't you guys start off by uh, introducing yourselves to my audience? Okay, my name is Paul Newtall. I am the CEO and founder of Second Chance Organization. Um, I was born and raised in San Antonio, Texas. And um, from there, we just went forward with Second Chance. Um, Well, my name is Tiffany Newtall, born in Zambonga, Philippines. And basically, um, when Paul and I met, he had already started the organization uh, by uh, helping fallen celebrities. And um, when he met me, we got together and basically revolutionized the idea to saving all lives around the world. I thought that it was imperative that we not only focus on, you know, celebrities who may have already been given a chance, but also uh, those, everyone around the world who May, maybe have not even gotten a chance at all at a better life. So um, now we have moved to San Antonio, Texas, where we've been uh, producing our three TV shows. And Paul will tell you a little bit more about that. Yeah, my um, second chance was formed based on my, my past life history, if you'd like to hear that. Um, my life's history was an up and down roller coaster. Um, first and foremost, um, I was a. a kickboxing world champion, three-time kickboxing world champion here in San Antonio, Texas. I trained uh, the likes of Sean Elliott, David Robinson. I was also uh, Selena, a personal uh, security uh, assistant. Um, also, from there, you know, I was a uh, sparring partner for a legendary Chris Bird, only sparring partner uh, when he beat Devander Holyfield for the IBF. And then I was sparring partner when, with, for um, Housing Rockman when he beat Linus Lewis in Africa. But a lot of times, a lot of things happened in my life where I was uh, disowned by my family members uh, based on some lies they, just state, they stated uh, to my mom. And so we didn't get to see each other for approximately 30 years or so. The whole family disowned me. Uh, from there, I went to Michigan. Uh, then I got my two master's degrees, one in criminal justice and one in political science. Started you in our home, helping kids, again, helping others. Uh, <clears throat> from there, you know, I uh, got into some problems. Uh, that wasn't my fault. I was wrongly incarcerated for a crime I didn't commit. Um, I was scammed by some Nigerians uh, out of Nigeria, Lycos, Nigerian, uh, on a check for $150,000. Uh, 
With that being said, they asked me to work for them, and I didn't need to work at the time. Uh, but they asked me, what did I do? I explained to them what I've done and what I've done in, in boxing, uh, people I train, and things of that nature. So they came up with a concept where I can train 18 kids out of Nigeria if I came and flew down there. Um, they said they would give me so much, you know, funding and money. Uh, I say to them, if they gave me the money first, I come down and train these kids. So, you know, we built a rapport together. We spoke every day. I spoke to the kids. I spoke to their parents, you know, and me loving kids and try to help people around the world, help people. Basically, uh, I want to train these individuals because I did also at the juvenile home that I was at. I also had a boxing program there as well. Uh, with that being said, I also um, <clears throat> organized to go down there and instruct and, and, and train these kids boxing. At that point in time, you know, he sent me a $150,000 check because uh, I was going to train 18 kids. Uh, I told him he had to send me money first or I wasn't coming down. I went to the bank. I uh, deposited in the Federal uh, Credit Union Bank. And from there, um, the lady put a hold on it. They had the check. Uh, she stated to me that um, I'm going to put a hold on it in case it's not real. It was a, it was a Lycos Nigeria check from Lycos Nigeria. It was a cashier's check, actually. Uh, we just put a hold. They, she put a hold on it so I wouldn't get in trouble in case it didn't clear. Uh, two weeks later, he called me up. We talked again, and, uh, and he told me the dates and times that he wanted me to come down. I wanted to take the APL time, which is annual personal leave from my job, to go down there and train these kids for like a month or so. He asked me if the check clear yet. I called. Uh, it, it cleared. But I want to make sure because at that time, it was, you know, voice mail to tell you about your money. So I went down there and asked him again. And she said, yes, it cleared. So everything was OK because it was a federal union bank. And if it didn't clear, then things would happen where, uh, you know, it, it, I'll get in trouble or they'll stop the check or something. Whatever the case it was, it cleared. Uh, I let him know it cleared. A week later, we had another conversation. Uh, he stated to me that 10 kids dropped out. So, unfortunately, I have to send some of the money back. Uh, but ki uh, a kid still was was still, you know, going to going to let me train them. So at this point in time, I thought about it and I was like, that's kind of weird. And I asked him, where do you want me to send the money to? Because I didn't want to keep the man's money. He told me different cities in in, in like us Nigerian. Uh, I asked him why, and he said it to me because the people who paid was the children's parents. So you have to send it back to their bank account. So that made a lot of sense to me. So I went to the bank and wired the money to them. Uh, they asked me, did I know them? The bank manager said, yes, I know Paul and I know what happened and the money, the check is good. Uh, so send the money to them. Uh, about two days later, I spoke to him. He received the money from each, each place. And I called him for the date and time, like he stated me to, to find out when I could go train these kids. Uh, right after that, you know, his his phone got disconnected. You know, um, I could send him emails that came back. And so I didn't know what to do. Uh, at that point in time, I was kind of petrified because I didn't know what was going on. So hang on but a second. Time, let's, let's pause for a second because basically what I'm hearing, this is something that I think that's really important because uh, I'm not sure how many years ago this happened to you but it's something that's still prevalent and still going on and people are still, you know, being preyed upon. But basically for my audience, in case they didn't catch all of that, he basically sort of laundered money through you in the sense that he gave you fake money and got back real money. Correct. Okay. Correct. 
So keep going. So, so right after that, you know, um, I, uh, like a month and a half passed by and I said, well, you know, I, I, there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, maybe he'll call me back. Maybe something happened. You know, I didn't know what happened to him, you know, but, uh, then when that second month reached, uh, the, the bank called me, citizens bank called me at the time they called me to come down here. And that's when I was like, Oh, something had to happen. Cause I knew they just don't call me and say, come to the, come to the bank. I went to the bank. Uh, it was secret service guy named Brian Gibson. He was there. And there was another trainee there from secret service that he was training. And then it was the lady, uh, unfortunately the, the, the bank manager was there. He told me the check was fake. And what did I get to check? I told him it cleared. They said, yeah, we knew. And they explained some things to me. I gave them everything they wanted, evidence. I gave them, you know, when we chatted, I, I didn't never delete any messages from him. I, I sent it to, to the Secret Service guy. I gave him all the information he wanted. And then he says, well, based on what you're telling me, we know you got two degrees and things like that and that nature, you you might be indicted. And I said, why would I be indicted when the check cleared? And he said, yes, I know. And this is like in two, this is like 2004, 2005, something like that. Well, they didn't really know about the Nigerian scam and stuff like that. So, uh, I figured that the guy was kind of prejudiced because I was black. And you know, I was like, listen, I said, uh, I know I have this and I have that. And I was kind of cocky at the same time. You know, he was like, well, they might just indict you, but we don't know. But he took my report. They left a year later. I think a year and a half later, they was on Barack Obama and all the Secret Service people was on Hillary Clinton because they was about to be elected for president. I got a letter in the mail and I know. Because I went to criminal justice classes, that when you get a letter in the mail and say you've been indicted by the federal government, then the, the U.S. Marshals will come pick you up. <laughs> they won't even send you a letter. They sent me a letter, so I felt that nah, this must be fake. So I called them. They they explained to me, yes, you've been indicted by the by the grand jury. This is a year later, mind you. Uh, so I had told them, well, okay, I'll turn myself in. I was so upset with the justice system, you know, I, I got I got mad and I just like like catch me if you can, then you know. So I took off running, you know, for two years. You know, uh, once Barack Obama became president uh, or something like that, I think it was a year, was a year in the office or something like that, uh, they was looking for me, you know. And so they found me in Texas, uh, Neck Island, Texas, and they tried to give me so many years, so much time. Uh, they threw me back to Michigan, where it all was at. Uh, and then from there, uh, I had the sentence date, uh, a, a trial date, actually. Um, then from there, you know, they just want to give me a lot of time. You know, they tell me that, you know, they try to go with my guidelines. So the federal government, they can go with your guidelines if they wanted to. Well, again, a black man, you know. But um, I had my faith in God. You know, I knew things was going to be okay. Uh, they brought up my brothers who was also was in prison at that time for like 10 or 15 years. I think they got 30 years. But they was in that time, 15 uh, years, 10 years, they brought that up to the judge and said, I'm just like them. Uh, look at my GPA. I should have been smart in that. Red flag should have been showing up. So I think he got something to do with it. You know, so, but, um, you know, nevertheless, you know, I spoke to the judge. You know, I didn't read no paper. I played for my, my life. And uh, he dropped all charges, you know, two to 40 charges. And he charged me with one because I was in there for 14 months because they wouldn't let me leave because I was a flight risk. I was a fun under the name. Uh, so they charged me with one and then I had a Put a felony in my record, so I couldn't work. You know, I was homeless because I couldn't work because uh, the board dropped me. So at this time, if you have a felony after seven years, you can go back and work. But if not, if, it, if you're fresh, 
they put me on uh, probation, uh, supervised release. I got off early in two years. And then from there, I couldn't pay my child support because I ran for two years. Uh, I was in jail for 14 months. Then I was on supervised release for almost two years, so I couldn't pay child support. Then as soon as I walk out the door or later on uh, that month, I got arrested again and expedited to Michigan for six months and got out in jail for six months again. This after I got all back on my feet. And then I got out. I was homeless again. And then from there, I, I went to Hollywood, California, like maybe with $300 in my pocket or something. I got transferred my probation over there. Uh, they went through probation again for five years for child support. So um, it was just a, long, a lot of things happening to me. So my mom just owned me and all these other things. And then uh, then my mom passed away. Um, and when she passed away, they called me to tell me if I would pay for the funeral. Because at the time, I was on my feet. I was with the celebrities. I had money. So I paid for a funeral. Uh, then my dad, he called, apologized to me. And three months later, he passed away. And then right after he passed away, then my kids, uh, they was 26 years old. They passed away in the, in the Houston Hurricane Harvey in the, all in the same year. And the only person I had was a friend was my wife by my side right now, Tiffany. Wow. So, yeah. So all these things happening to me. So hold on, pause, pause, pause for me. Take a breath. Let's let's <laughs> let's rewind for a moment because I know the you know the the whole thing we want to get to ultimately a second chance, and I think that that by itself right. is going to be a powerful conversation. But I I don't want to gloss over. I want to say a few things about the story that you've told us. First, being again, I say to everyone out there. I, I, I am an, I am an IT in my nine to five and I get a ton of emails. I'm also a gadget nerd and all these things. So every company sends me emails. And in between these emails, there's always someone offering you something with Bitcoin and this and that and the other. Um, right. at the time you said 2004, or whatever, where we were even, you know, not really looking for these types of scams, you know, that was, especially them being that bold, and you know, it sounds to me like the person from Nigeria also had a, you know multiple people involved in the scam that you could have spoken to different people's parents and children who were probably not their parents and children. Correct. And um, it's important that we pay attention to this because look where it ended up. You, I mean. I guess you said the only charge the judge made stick on you was the evading charge, right? Correct. Right. Well, so, but they, I mean, they, look, they, go ahead. They had to, they had to stick me one charge because I would have came and got them for false imprisonment. They knew about the, about the law. Right. And, but so they said, well, I'll charge you with one because I was in already in 14 months anyway because I was a flight risk. But they wanted to stick me for uh, a lot of years. Uh, and stuff like that. But after I spoke to the judge and played for my life, then uh, he recognized me from a long time ago when he released me a while back. Uh, he was a, a state judge. Actually, he was 26 years old. He was a state judge. And my mom and them didn't want me. And they sent me to this home. And uh, I was so good at the home. And I got straight A's and stuff like that. And uh, this judge released me back home. that I didn't want to go back home. And so uh, as he was looking through my files, you know, the federal, they, they, they come back with everything that you've done your whole life, you know, and they saw I was a juvenile or something like that. And I was in his home and he the one released me. He turned federal and he became, went to Michigan. 
And that's why he told me, I don't think you have nothing to do with this. I'm going to drop two to 40 charges. And I found out later that that was the same judge that released me when I was seven, eight years old, when I was just owned by my family. So, you know, getting beyond now the the scam, as I said, I spent a little time on that because unfortunately so many people are getting scammed, even today. You know, people... Right. You know, and especially when you're in times, you know, the time it's, it's so relevant now because in the time when there's something like COVID and people are desperate for money, people have lost their jobs, they've lost the breadwinner. And sometimes these stories that, you know, you can tell in, in, in under normal circumstances that they were they're fictitious. But, you know, when you're desperate, you want to believe anything. Correct. And so, unfortunately, you know, there are so many people getting scammed. And so I, I get these emails. Well, we have a check for you here for you know, how many million dollars in your name? Someone right, died. Right, and right. You know, all that's nonsense. Right. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the first part I want everyone to be aware of. I've got listeners all over the world. And I plead with you, it doesn't matter where you are. You know, if you don't deal in Bitcoin, when you see Bitcoin in the email, stay away from it. <laughs> you see, you know, exactly. but what, you know, the point I also want to bring up is, because we're getting to a point where we all go through things in life and all of us feel that when we're going through something, it's, it's like the worst that can happen. And so when we hear right. stories like yours, because it's inspirational and I want everybody who's listening again to understand, everybody who hears this podcast to understand that Whenever you think that you're going through something really bad, there's somebody out there going through worse. And right. it when, when it and it's never over because you're going through something terrible. And I say that because I've done many episodes on suicide and, and people, you know, people sort of feel that there's nothing left to live for. And here you are, you know, and, and I and I would assume, and you didn't mention this part, but I would assume that since you sent him back some of the money, but the check was fake, you basically sent him back your money. Correct. Right. So you got robbed. You got incarcerated. Um, you, you, you did the, one of the things that, yeah, it was wrong to run, but as a human being, when you kind of look around and everywhere you turn, you, you're screaming for your innocence and nobody wants to listen. You know, the human instinct says, Yo, know, they're going to put me in jail for no reason. I got to go, right? right? And that happens to people. And, you know, you're not the first. You won't be the last. And then they still suck stuck you with some time, even though the whole catalyst for you even getting involved in the situation and, and running was a fraud. But like you said, you know, we've got this systemic racism, systemic prejudice that goes on in the in the um in the criminal justice system across the, you know, the, the country. And, you know, it, it obviously like if the, if the whole issue was behind um, something that was fake, you know, I think they should have understood to why in, in human nature you would run. But then, right. and then on top of that now, here we go to a situation where, well, you fell back on child support, but it's, there's a complete plausible explanation for why, and you still get, you know, get sent back to jail. And then right. somebody in this, in this universe feels like, you know, this guy is down in his luck. I've stomped him into the ground. So, you know, we're just going to 
you know, unload on top of him now when you went through a tragedy with your kids. Correct. And I am, I'm detailing this because I've heard stories of people who said, I've had enough, I want to give up. Unfortunately, I've had some guests where someone in their family committed suicide and they've explained the circumstances. And I don't want to, you know, sort of take anything away from their experience because we all have different thresholds. We all have different thresholds, how much we can take. But I find it amazing because you had really one blow after another. You had, you know, your, your story is, is, you know, it gives a real questioning of, you know, why should I continue? Right. So now go ahead and continue. Um, so, um, you know, and, and, and again, um, the quarterback, what you just stated, you know, a lot of people got to watch out for that. Um, they said I couldn't pay. I wanted to pay the child support when I was under the federal uh, government for as um, uh, supervised release, which is called probation. They said, no, you can't pay them. The, the federal come first. So if we find out you paid them, then you can violate your probation. And uh, I was like, well, I can't pay child support. Now they let you. But now back then they didn't. You have to pay. They, it was they come first, you know. So, I mean. It's so like you had as part of your sentence, you had a monetary penalty? No, I just had to pay the money back. Oh, right. The money, right. Okay. Yeah, correct. And the money that you sent back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not the money sent back. Um, I don't know. They, they, they didn't give me, they didn't, they didn't give me that much money because I think sometimes the federal takes over. So I had to pay like 35,000 back. That's all I had to pay back. Uh, so they put me on so many years of probation. They didn't, that, that's why I was very kind of like worry about was like, how come they didn't let me pay? this 90 something thousand whatever that i sent back you know you know 100,000 I, I don't i didn't understand that they just like now nah, you're going to pay 35,000 and you're going to be on supervised release for 3 years but they let me off early let me off for two in 2 years so i don't know if they felt bad for me or not but again i that's why um and 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 then after that you know going back the with two years, this is stated for us family wise and me uh, having deaths in family and things of that nature. You know, I just kept still going because I knew that, you know, God had plans for me. I knew that something had to come out of this. You know, He's not going to give you nothing you can't handle. A lot of people ask me, man, like, I can't see why you went in the straitjacket, all these things you went through. You was homeless twice and all this. Like, you still, you made it. And I, but it's, it's a person in itself responsibility is yours if you feel like you want to sit down and lay down then that's on you but i, I refuse to do that so that's why i came up with this concept about second chance okay pause i'm gonna pause you there again so where along this journey did you meet tiffany i met tiffany like when i was in uh, hollywood california i was already doing second chance for fallen celebrities we had red carpets and stuff like that like you know miguel new year's jr you know, Ola Ray, a lot of people like that. Uh, so you had gone through I mean, all of the tragedy already? Yes. Okay, so I'm going gonna, gonna to ask you to pause for a second, I, and I'm going to speak to Tiffany. Okay. So Tiffany, and this is important too because, you know, we live in a world where people can be so judgmental. 
People can be judgmental when you're trying to get a job. People can be judgmental when they meet someone and, and you know, they hear the story on the surface and they don't even know the details. Uh, I'm assuming that, and, and did, you could tell me if I'm right or wrong, when you first met uh, Paul, did he tell you his journey? So when Paul reached out to me, it was of May 30th. I know the exact date of 2016. Wow. I was Paul, you're in trouble beginning. if you forget that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to participate in a pageant. When he had reached out, he was letting me know that he was searching for a girl for a reality show. And I said, oh, okay, I'm interested. I was always open, you know, to new opportunities. However, I didn't even meet him till my pageant was over three months later when he started actually filming for this reality show. Now, we didn't get to know each other to answer your question because we kind of went straight into, you know, production for this reality show. And I was meeting all the other girls and we were pretty much busy with that. And um, there was a lot of drama that began, like you said, jealousy, you know, envy with the other girls. And that started. Yeah, I mean, it was intense. I mean, it, that's a whole nother story in itself. One of the girls was trying to was was telling Paul a lot of lies about me, which she was trying to get me off the show. And um, Paul, at that point, we didn't really know each other too well. So he was believing her because he knew her longer. So I was in this whole ordeal of I was getting stressed out, really, because my instinct was telling me something was wrong. But I didn't know who it was you know, coming from. So long story short, um, you know, I, I prayed one day and I said, I got, I, I don't know what's going on. I feel something's going on. You know, I'm not doing anything. So I leave it to you. And no, no more than two days later, did she text Paul a screenshot of this um, conversation that her and I had probably like weeks ago. And she tried to say, bring it back up in regards to a contract that we were talking about. It should try to get me off the boat. And I shared it with Paul. I said, this is an old conversation that we had. And from that point on, he realized that this girl was trying to, she was lying on me. And so that brought us, when he, when he did the right thing and believed me after I had shown him proof, that instilled trust from Paul because I knew he was a, a man of character. He did the right thing. He wasn't taking sides or, you know, um, taking sides. And so moving forward, what happened was um, that reality show unfortunately fell through and Paul then began sharing second chance and how he was helping fallen celebrities. And that's what gained my interest because I've always been a person who loves to help people um, before meeting Paul. I've, I've helped other people, whether it's just being there for them, listening to them. A lot of people like to be, need to be listened to. They feel like they know there's no one to talk to. And so I told him, um, I met up with him and I told him, hey, I'm really interested in Second Chance, but I feel that you should help everybody, not just fallen celebrities. And so to answer your question, that from that point, from May 30th is when he reached out to me. This was probably in October or November was when we finally had a, a dinner and I told him about my interest in, in Second Chance. Um, and so from that point on, we both trusted each other more. And then we started getting to know each other. And it wasn't till a couple months after that that he started opening opening up about the things that he'd been through. And I was just astonished. He told me he was a three-time World K-Pogging champion. And later, much, much later, I found out he was a sparring partner for Chris Bird. And it wasn't all at once that I started knowing more about Paul's story. It was kind of going as the months went by. 
So to answer your question, yeah, it came it came much later because we had to kind of trust each other first. Paul wasn't too trusting of people, and I wasn't either. So um, yes, to answer your question, it started. He, I started learning more about his story as we went further along in in business and uh, filming our pilot episode. Okay, so and the reason I asked that question is because again, people can be very judgmental, you know. I and I, I'll be honest with you, with this podcast two four seven real talk, a lot of the conversations I have and the people I meet and 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 the conversations I'm able to have are also a representation of my maturity. Um, I would say many years ago, I'm saying many years ago, um, I as I was, as I reflect on my life many years ago, I can imagine having a different expression the minute someone said they were incarcerated and you know being in that um, awful place I'm gonna call it an awful place where you're you you hear the once they say incarcerated you hear them but you stop listening and yeah. well, because you do that you know at, at this stage of my life when I look back and I've helped a lot of those people as uh, you know as time went by and I evolved I helped a lot of those people because you know, that's how we evolve and grow. But it was also a representation of what society on a whole is like. And it's also a representation of, of this systemic um, racism and prejudice that we continue to have this discussion about in this nation now because the bottom line is we're still at a place where a person gets immediately um, stereotyped irrespective of the crime, but based on the color of their skin. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot right. of times you hear two people, you hear one person come out. I mean, let's be real. Look at some of the celebrities. I won't call names because I don't want to get sued and I don't want to embarrass anyone, but we have celebrities <laughs> that have done crazy things and they go to, uh, they get, um, what do you call it? Uh, a treatment center. They check into this place or whatever. And you look at a, a crime that's, that's half the magnitude of that, or someone who's a minority and they're in jail for 20, 30 years. So, yeah. you know, I asked you that question because I think it's important for not only uh, all the listeners out there, but for people in general to understand that don't judge a person by who they were. Be open-minded enough to judge them by who they are because we I all change. Absolutely. And, uh, and God knew what he was doing when we, we met because I was never the type of person to judge him when he did share that. Um, I did wonder why. However, I wasn't going to use that against him or treat him differently because we all make mistakes. We all do. But what we tend to forget when we judge people is that we forget would we like them to judge us. And, but I did, I, I know I've, I've been bullied throughout my life and so constantly. So I, I didn't, I wasn't going to be that way towards Paul or look at him differently because I know how it felt, felt, felt all my life to be bullied or to be judged or to be called something that I wasn't. So in my heart, naturally, I knew I didn't even think of doing that to Paul because it wasn't in my nature because of what I had been through, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. And so here we are now with second chance and, and I'm gonna break. I'm gonna dissect that a little bit too, um, if you'd allow me. And that is, 
Second Chance originally, Paul, when you had it, was helping fallen celebrities. And then when you when you say the word celebrity and fallen in the same sentence, is it's, it's sort of an oxymoron. So explain, you know, give us a clear definition of what you you call a fallen celebrity. And by fallen, is this fallen in industry? Is this fallen in life? What is it? It's, it's fallen in the industry. They fall in the industry and uh, no one wanted to pick them up or highlight them. But they just don't know that these these celebrities are still remarkable. You know, if you bring them back to life. But there were so many celebrities that was in Hollywood. They wanted the new the new people, not not the people that 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 fell on or uh, got took in or things like that. They just wanted just the, the new people, you know. So I just wanted to help the fallen celebrities get back on their feet. You know, uh, try to try to highlight them again so they can get jobs, uh, so that people can know who they are and stuff like that. So I used to have red carpets and stuff like that, and you know, with the group troop. Uh, again, a lot of a lot of different uh, uh, people that that was uh, celebrities, you know. But now that they not, you know, uh, so that that was my second chance to fall in celebrities. But that was my concept idea for for that. Uh, but when my wife came to me, uh, we spoke. I thought about my story right after she said that. And I said, yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. And that's when I said, I, I got to help the people around the world. You know, because I remember a lot of people that want to help me. You know, again, like you said, for me being abandoned by my family and all these other things, things happened to me. You know, even with, with the government, I didn't get no help. So why not help others, you know, around the world who really need the help? And I think one story that Paul brushes over is somebody he's helped um, was Jada Cachilli from the Bad Girls Club. Correct. And at the time she was she was homeless and she had he had heard about her through a mutual friend um, sharing that she was homeless and needed a place to stay. At this time, she was couch hopping. And what he did for her, because she liked to sing at the time, she had a song called Girls Around the World. Paul actually connected her with Teddy Riley, who produced her song. And from that, I think she made a good amount of money to get herself back on her feet by herself. I think it was BMW and uh, got her own plate. So that's just one of the things that I'd like to share that Paul did for this particular individual who he actually helped get her back on her feet. Okay. um, That's the celebrity part of it. But I know that as you were alluding to or where you were going with this, Paul, is there's a deeper part of it now. Right. Mm -hmm. Correct. It got much deeper when she said that, you know, then I, then I came up with another spinoff show. You can talk about that, too, um, uh, Forgotten Prisoners, but we can talk about that. But we're on Second Chance Days Lives now. But it got deeper when she when she said that. I rem- then I start uh, reminiscing on what happened to me, you know. So I, where does Forgotten know, Prisoners fall in all of this? Okay, so Forgotten Prisoners about people who've been wrongly incarcerated or been there too long. I was wrongly incarcerated. And uh, it's a lot of people that's been wrongly incarcerated and been there too long. So my concept was, okay, let's get these this, uh, uh, these set, these uh, submissions out and see about these murder cases and things like that. So uh, we had a person named Tomas uh, out of Italy. He does, uh, you know, filming, like he does uh, uh, documentaries like the, the Monster documentaries. You know, you probably seen them on HBO, like John Gotti and things like that, and that nature. Basila Blanco. But... He he is also going to do a documentary on me, but he led me to this person named Phil Moss, who's a, a, a New York attorney, a retired New York attorney, 
that are going to help us with these cases. So when they send us, when they send us these uh, 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 submissions, he looked through them and see who's guilty and who's not. So it's a lot of people that's not guilty that we want to highlight them on the show now. So they say, well, how are you going to go to these prisons when it's pandemic? Oh, no, we're going to bring the prison to us we're on our studio. We'll have them on Zoom for a little bit. We'll bring the family and we'll always bring Phil Moss on the show to to highlight these individuals and say why they're innocent and put it on. Uh, I think one of the challenges will be A&E and CNN where people can, all the governors and officials can see it. Now, another another situation made me think about it is Michael Harry Harris uh, made me come up with uh, uh, forgotten prisoners because uh, my brother was in prison in Lone Park. And he was talking about second chance. So Michael reached out to him to get a hold to me. And I didn't know who Michael was to save my life. Uh, but uh, when we spoke on the phone, he called me. We spoke on the phone. My wife looked him up. Again, we saw some things he did, but we didn't, like, discriminate against him. I spoke with him. We built a rapport. Uh, we, what we talked so much where he's like, I need to get out of here. You know, he, he told me what happened. And so he said, I'm 10 years over, you know, Van Jones couldn't get me out. Bridget, no one can get me out. Maybe it was this day for you to get me out. I said, well, listen, I'm going to help you. So I highlighted him on Daily Mail World News. That's, that's on. And, and then we highlighted him in 2019 about getting out. So we kind of pushed the public to see who, you know, well, who Michael is and what happened. So that, that, that made it very successful where it, got over 5 million views on the video and it had over 7,000 some, almost 8,000 shares. So, with that being said, unfortunately, we were not able to get them on 2019. So, Snoop uh, saw the Daily Mail and, 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 and reached and said, well, what's going on with Michael Harry O'Harris? Uh, so, we went to Donald Trump and told Donald Trump, this is Mike was doing and then, uh, it was second chance that his lives, because he's is our co-owner now. So, um, Donald Trump partner. So I was like, look, this is just ridiculous. You know, a black man and they want to hold him for a while. I understand he did 25 years of life. Uh, they let him out on parole. And then as soon as he got off parole, he was just like me, waiting for him at the door. It was child support, but he had the federal government. Federal government took over and said, now you ain't never getting out. So that's not right. But now he's pardoned. He's doing good. And that's when that made came up with that, that, that Forgotten Prison show. Because I wanted to get everybody out of prison not just for my sake and Michael's sake, but everybody's sake. I don't care if you 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 black, white, whoever's back. It don't matter. Wrong is wrong and right is right. The justice system is not right. So we're going to try to highlight everybody around the world who has submitted to us. We got a murder case named um, Marquise uh, Rayner, and he's innocent. And uh, we, we're going we're gonna to highlight him first. We already did a trailer on him, uh, and we're going to move forward with that. And we're going to try to do that. And, and we got a lot of things going on, a lot of spinoffs. So that's the reason the, the, why I came up with the Forgotten Prisoners. So, okay, that's, that, that leads, you know, have, have, leads me to so many thoughts. Um, one of them is I w- at some point, I mean, I think this is such an amazing story, not only inspirational, but I think it also has a message, you know, just as we do in this podcast, just as you do in Second Chance, for more people to get involved in the movement to help people who are wrongly incarcerated um, have some chance at life. And, you know, I, I, I watch so many different shows and, and you know, rea- not only reality shows, but real shows where people are released from prison, you know, 20, 30 years later, 
And uh, right. they, you know, they claim their innocence in the beginning, and 20, 30 years later, with technology and DNA, they find out that, you know, they out. yeah, and you've stolen this person's life, right? So, yeah. um, one of the things I would like to, and I'm going to put you on the spot because my audience will be interested in it, is I'm going to, you know, offer, I'm going to put the invitation out here for you guys to return with Michael on the show. Um, okay. If he would be willing. Um, to tell the story, and I, and I, I'm going to tell you what my thoughts are. That is, again, I I created two four seven real talk podcast for real talk, real stories, real life challenges. You know, real is the key word there. And yeah, in terms of the effort that you're making, um, and I'll say it, you know, with all my audience listening. I would love 247 Real Talk to also play a part in helping to get people who are wrongfully incarcerated out. Whether, you know, this is the one of the mediums to get the word out there, um, right. whatever the case may be, because I think it's not only a worthy cause, but I think it, it can't be more worthy coming from someone who's actually been within the system, been within the, you know, the, been a victim of, of, of a system that judges us you know, as, as, as Martin Luther said, not by the content of a character, you know, but by the color of our skin. And Correct. so, you know, I would openly say that I would, you know, definitely um, be an advocate for whenever you guys have a case that needs publicity, you know. Okay. And I would love to have you guys back with Michael because I think that that's the story that needs to be told. I think that when we read some of these stories in the newspapers or on, you know, online or whatever, I think there are a lot of details that are left out. And I think when people can hear the actual voice of the, of the victim, and that's what you are, victims, um, that the world can connect with a person when they can hear their voice, they can hear their story, they can hear them recount their story, they can hear even the pain in their voice. And, and we live in a time where the world has to change. There's, you know, as many people as Second Chance has helped and will help, you know, I, I can't stop but you know, thinking about the fact that how many innocent minorities died in jail? They exactly. spent their entire lives, they, out, they became uh, old, they died. Documentary on the guy. Say that again? They doing a, a story, a documentary on this guy, and they said they murdered his wife. He ended up dying in prison, and they, they finally found out his innocence after he died in prison. So, I just unfortunately that happened to him, but they're doing a documentary story on him now. Yeah, that, does, that doesn't do much for him, but hopefully, right. yeah, <laughs> it right. does something for somebody because you know, you know, there a lot of there's there's still that you know, when there's still that so much prejudice out in the world, and even people that we expect to be impartial. You know, they see one color across the aisle. They see another color, and and sometimes they're not even doing it purposely. We are so conditioned as as a prejudiced society that they automatically lean to the side of color that they identify with. You know, irrespective of the facts. Um, Correct. You know, and 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 as a as a, a podcast host with with you know many listeners. You know, I offer an apology for what you went through in your life. Um, no, we're not, none of us are perfect. 
Yes, everybody. Will. Right. I know there's going to be a, a, a bunch of people out there who are not going to focus on the fact that you were scammed, who are not going to focus on the fact that the check didn't, the check cleared and the bank, you went back to the bank and they said it cleared. You know, they all, all right. they're going to focus on the fact is that you ran. Okay. And, yeah. and I, and I, and that's why I'm going to reiterate the fact that it is, that is human nature. It is, it is, you know, it is almost well, like if we if we're walking down the street and we hear something like a bear growl next to us, what are we gonna do? We're gonna jump and run, right? It's automatic. Yeah. It's instinct. Survival is human instinct, and especially what I want people to understand and, you know, and and bear with me for a few seconds here. But I want people to understand that when you live in a society where even if you scream, "I'm innocent," and you are, nobody hears your voice if you have a certain color of your skin. Right, correct. But my purpose for running wasn't because I was scared. I, I seen a movie at one time when I think it was Henry Ford. It was a movie where they said he killed his wife and he wanted to go out there prove his innocent. That's what I wanted to do. I want. I ran and and, and got up on another uh, name and tried to uh, figure out this person's uh, thing. I know he's a Nigerian, but I want to kind of prove my innocence. Basically, uh, I had to call the White House uh, first of all. Uh, that, I mean, you know that now. I called the White House when Barack Obama first got in office, but I spoke to one of his uh, people and, and she asked me what happened. I told her and I wanted to talk to Barack, you know, uh, because I was colored. He was colored. So uh, it just made the Secret Service more matter because what, what, what happened was they they got on the Secret Service uh, and then the main guy from Washington, uh, he, he had called. He had gave the number to give to my daughter. My daughter gave it to me. Uh, I called him on a, a so say like phone so he wouldn't know where I was at. And he told me, listen, he says, uh, I'm the main person in the Secret Service. Why'd you call the White House? But you don't have to say anything to me because I'm going to come get you. And then two days later, he got me. So, but um, I guess he was, he was real, he was real good at what he do. He had told me that. But I, I was trying to prove my innocence. I was trying to get someone to hear my, still my story because I wasn't going to go down like that. Look, I got two degrees and you just guys going to do this to me. And and knowing I'm black, you know, I want to just prove my innocence, you know, to someone who will hear me out. Right, but I white people. But I'm still I'm yeah, still gonna that's, say that's that what? it's human nature. It's still you self preservation right. is human nature. Okay, I mean it's 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 yes, go you know, running to to give yourself a chance. And and I'm and I'm still gonna say scared in the sense that you what, right. what made you go in that mode because you were kind of scared of what the system would do to you. And it wouldn't it wouldn't listen to you. Right. So I don't want, I'm saying, I'm reiterating this because I want people who listen to this story to, to not focus on that. You know, we're not talking about the right or wrong with that because many people will say, oh, well, you know, it's against the law. He should have turned himself. Okay. Let's say he right. did turn himself in. The fact that he was scammed, the fact that he didn't do anything wrong, the fact that, that the bank, you know, I mean, to me, the bank is the one in trouble here. Exactly. Right. So, um, they 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 once again railroaded someone and and you know conversations like this um, get me sort of very uh, riled up and angry because I think that I hate to see a situation where you're screaming innocence and you know common sense and, and it doesn't prevail you know it's just that people automatically their minds are automatically closed to you because of what they see and your your whole life is turned upside down. Correct. So what's next for Second Chance? Well, Second 
Sands, we we have a we already did uh, twelve episodes. <clears throat> you know, some people came down like Jackie Christie. She's a friend of mine. She did a six episodes. Uh, Don Nufo from uh, Football Wise. She came down did some episodes, and uh, we, we 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 patched them up. Uh, now Second Chance Says Liars is doing some more episodes. Uh, Forgotten Prisoners will be our first episode. We we we're gonna shoot that. Uh, soon, uh, I think next month sometime, uh, along with the Second Chance radio show. We have that as well as under Umbrella. It's like the real and the view and uh, this nation. That's what it's, uh, it's TV televised. It's a radio TV show. And when and, do, uh, when do people like, actually get to see it? When does Second Chance actually become you know, something that okay. has, that's, that's a household name? So Second Chance Says Live TV show will be on Fox Network. Okay. And that will be on this fall, okay? So right. it'll be on Saturday from uh, six, six, six to seven, I believe. Uh, they stated, and uh, we will get the the date and the green light uh, real soon. Uh, the, and uh, Forgotten Prisoners, they'll own, when that's going to be on air and CNN. So they just have to follow our social media platform to to, to find out everything and and what's going on and stuff like that. And the Second Chance Radio Show, uh, that's going to be on Oxygen. Once we get the six episodes wrapped up, so who do, can you can you reveal who's the first um, subject on Forgotten Prisoners? Is it Michael Harris? No, the uh, the person that who's going to be the host of the show, I'm going to be the host. No, not the host. You know. the, who's who's whose story you're going to focus on? Oh, I'm, it's going to be focused on uh, Maurice uh, Rayner. Marquis Rayner. He's okay. in prison now murder he didn't commit okay. so uh you know everybody knows about his story his, his story is just all over the world once you look it up he's gonna be the first episode of the show i mean michael's already out he's been out he's been out for eight months now right and as i said again i would love to have him on with you guys again um i would love to add 247 as a voice to your cause so any any as you go along the journey of other people that you're trying to help and you think that you need to get the story out there, I'll be part of that mechanism. I'll have you on. You'll, you'll, you, know, you can give the details about you know, that individual and what you're trying to do. And you know, hopefully together we can build this bigger and bigger so that some people, some families, because you know what, what the other thing that I think people forget is that when someone's incarcerated, it's not just that person is hurting, especially wrongfully incarcerated, because that person has a family. It may have been a husband, a father, a brother. You know, there are other people that suffer as a consequence. And yes. especially when you know the person is innocent. I can't imagine, I, and, I, and I pray to God that I never have to experience this personally. If that sounds selfish, forgive yeah. me, but I can't imagine having someone in jail that you know with instant and you're screaming to every single person who has the power to do something that nobody's yeah. listening. I will do it. Right. I'm going to listen. I will listen. But I like your broadcast because you said that this is uh, a lot of people across the country, uh, global, is listening to it. Um, I always want to go global with a radio station uh, because what I want to do is uh, get a plaque, let everyone that's around the world uh, that don't depend on the United States, but kind of get our platform and, and save their own country with our second chance organization and with our forgotten prisoners. They can get, they can do their forgotten prisoners to get their people out of prison out their country and do second chance saves lives with our platform to get they, 
compensate people in their country with their money. And I think just like McDonald's, how they franchise, we want to, that's our next step as a franchise is globally. And I'm glad we're talking globally. So maybe one of the people from Asia or Africa, somebody like that, that we're speaking to might hear this and get a hold of us and we can kind of see if we can get them franchised so they can, you know, help their own country. Because a lot of people, when things happen, they depend on the United States to go and relieve their countries and do all these things. But with us, we like, okay, let's let's just do our own platform all together on the second chance umbrella so you guys can help your own country and then and, and even the forgotten prisoners and a second chance saves lives and then help your own country. You know, well, I can tell you that I, as I look at the map of listeners, they are all over the world. Um, I don't think they represent millions, but I think that they represent a large number that keeps growing. And I think that stories, you know, what brings people into my podcast that I, that I found out at the early stage when I started is, is when these stories are like yours, so organic. Okay. I, you know, it's almost at times that I look at the numbers and, you know, there are times when I promote certain episodes even further out, like most likely I promote this one globally, um, not just from the podcast, but in all my other social media. But people, you know, they, I've seen at different episodes where people are, you know, automatically gravitate to it more than other episodes because they're real. They represent not only real stories, but you, you, you know, I, listening to you, I have no doubt that there's so many people out there who are, you know, when they hear this, are probably going to break down and cry. Some of them because they're going to feel like I got a brother, a sister, a father, or whoever, and and I and I don't know what else to do, and I don't know where to turn to get them on. Nobody will listen, right? right? Correct. So we have, Correct. you know, something else was. It is my feeling that with 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 Paul and Tiffany Nutell and Second Chance and Two Four Seven Real Talk, that something else in, in empowering a change to the, the injustice has been born here in this conversation because I always look for these kinds of opportunities to support and join a cause to do something for humankind. And, um, you know, you guys came on here to talk about your story. And so I think tonight I feel like I got more out of it than you because, um, <laughs> you know, I think that this is an amazingly powerful thing that you're doing. I think that we need to get everybody who can be involved, involved, you know, celebrity or not, you know, because, I mean, as you said, you know, for instance, you went to uh, Donald Trump. The fact of the matter is that the power of celebrity goes beyond the TV screen. You know, people sure. listen to them. Um, right. Not that they're saying anything different than you or I, but that's just that's just human nature. We're, you know, as, as, as human beings, we have so many so many of our priorities wrong that it takes sometimes a celebrity or someone who, you know, it's just like you and I accept that they're a great actor or singer or something to get someone to listen. So, um, I, I first want to, um, say that I look forward to having you guys many more times on the show, because I think that this is a cause. I look forward to you guys reaching out anytime you want to be on the show or you feel that, you know, you have something to say or you, you need to spread the word further. Um, I look forward to seeing your show on TV. Um, thank you. And I, I, before I thank you for coming on the show, I want to commend you for, I want to say a few things to you. One, your story, Paul, is incredible because I think that in my time of doing this podcast, 
and thinking of some of the guests I've had and some of the guests, especially I, I think, unfortunately, about the suicide stories that, you know, people give up for a lot less. And so, you know, it, it's amazing that, I mean, you have, you had every piece of the, of the pie in a negative way for a while and you endured. And, and it says something more to it because I've listened to you throughout this podcast and you've, you've taken every opportunity every time you could to say thank you to God. For those people who you know, don't understand the power of that, I'm pretty sure right. that that was the only person you had to speak to sometimes going through this ordeal. And God is the reason that we're having this conversation tonight because he kept you strong when you couldn't do it for yourself. So, Correct. Right. And, um, you know, I, I have, a, I have a, a series I'm working on, a podcast series with a, with a guest that I can't name, but it's a very tough series because it involves murder and corruption with district attorneys and all that. Sitting district attorneys right now, it's, it's, it's a massive mess that, um, that you know, I'm, 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 I'm sort of treading lightly on because it can be, it can be a real mess, but there's, there's people who are going through things. And I hear a lot of this because people hear the, the, the guests I have and the stories we talk about. And, and, and I'll tell you this, I, you know, most people reach out to me now and I find that beautiful because when I started the podcast, I used to reach out to guests and now people realize that the mission here. And they reach out to me, and, and it's been an honor and a privilege to speak with both of you guys. Um, I want to say, Tiffany, that I can tell you without meeting you that there's some part of you at least that I can call amazing because you simply were open-minded enough and real enough and basic enough to give Paul a chance to show who he was before judging him. And that Absolutely. speaks volumes to you guys. You, as well, and then put the two of you together, and that can be amazing powerhouse and and a reason for a lot of people to have hope. So, um, right. I want to give you guys, you know, whatever you want to say. I'm, I'm opening up for your last, you know, your your last statements or or you know some final words to my audience before we uh, wrap this up. Oh, first of all, I like thank you for um, thank God actually for having this. Uh, broadcast putting this together you know for one for him you know nothing is possible without him another thing is um i want to say uh anybody that want to get a second chance on second chance stage live to go to our website at second chance stage lives.org the number two n is in nancy e-h-a-n-c-e phase s-a-b-e-s lives l-i-b-e-s dot org or they can on instagram it will be second in the number two nd underscore chance underscore saves underscore live and uh, forgotten prisoners it's on our website as well at forgotten prisoners and our instagram is at at number two nd chance saves second chance saves so if they want to go and see what we're doing and things like that that nature and when the shows be aired we always put Clips and stuff of uh, things of that nature on, on our uh, social tree. media. I mean, and our link tree is my wife. Second is. Chance TV Productions. That's where you can keep up with the latest everything. Our social media is on there, website, um, info about each TV show, and um, just keeping in touch with the TV shows and production and when an air, airing date. Fantastic. Okay. 
Fantastic. Again, good. And also, um, I like to say, like, you know, I know I've been through a lot, but I just want to tell the people out there when you say about suicide, when you say about people, some, I, I, I found out some people, because their mom passed away, they were suicidal, they drank, you know, had a car accident. But don't never give up. Keep going. Keep fighting. Keep fighting for what you want. Keep fighting for what you need. Keep fighting no matter what happens in your life. You still have to live. God gave you, you, everybody's a celebrity to me. You was born to be a celebrity. So whatever happens in your life, just take it as a, as a, as a, 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 a take it together and just, and just move forward what you need to do. Take it as a learning experience and take it as a motivation tool so you can move forward and go and, and make it, make yourself stronger. Don't, don't, don't fall back and don't fail because failing is not an option. You have to move forward and go. God always give you a wheel. I took the wheel to move forward, not just to help myself, but help people around the world. And because I know that this was God, this was his vision in the beginning. I always told myself, why me? Why this, God? Why this? Why this? And God said, I'm going to turn this into a story. So you can come with a testimony. and You can tell everybody around the world what you've been through. And if they haven't been through what you've been through, then they need to go forward and do what they have to do. So that's what I want to let everybody know today. And I'm, I'm and the gonna, last thing I go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I I just wanted to thank you for having us on, and we appreciate your support and inviting us back onto the show. And I just wanted to give one last piece of advice to anyone out there who's striving to make their dreams a reality, um, or who plan to 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 really um, just keep fighting for it, because and to expect that you may not get the support that you're expecting from family, the closest people to you. Unfortunately, it could be family and friends combined. Um, but if that is, if that does happen in your case to anyone listening um, to continue to keep going forward and following your heart and believing um, and fighting for what you believe in and what you want to do, um, despite whatever naysayers are saying, the negative the negative uh, feedback that you may be getting, um, but to continue to push push through that. Saying sometimes it's in people's nature, and that and and unfortunately, when you are reaching for the stars, that is one of the things that you will come across uh, when you're trying to be successful. Um, you will have backlash from the people closest to you, and to just expect that. And when it does happen, just keep moving forward and keep pushing. Fantastic, fantastic. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this episode now, but I'm going to say thank you. It's been an absolute honor, privilege. Um, it's, it's, it's almost been an emotional ride, at, you know, hearing your story and thinking about all the stories I've heard and, and the, 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 you know, this podcast in itself to me is a blessing because it has allowed me to reach people and touch people and help people share their stories with others and, and do so many inspirational things. Um, and I want my audience to know that it is my intention, and I've, I've, it sounds like I have a pledge from Paul and Tiffany that 247 Real Talk and, and Paul and Tiffany will continue to work um, in you know behind the scenes together and, and to bring you more stories like this, not just for your listening pleasure, but so that you can get involved and be a part of the movement to change lives and to give second chances. So thank you so much for being on the show. I'm going to put you guys on hold a moment. Please don't go anywhere and I'll be right back to you.
Thank you so much. You're welcome. So thank you to Paul and Tiffany Nutal for sharing an amazing story, not just of struggle and survival, but moving beyond being part of the problem to becoming an answer, a solution, an inspiration. It has been my honor and privilege to interview them and speak with them on this episode. I also want to say thank you to my audience, my supporters, for your continued support of the 247 Real Talk podcast and for making this dream and this movement possible. Reminding you that you can listen to this episode and any episode of 247 Real Talk on your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to leave me a message, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can email me at podcast at 247realtalk.net. That's podcast at 247realtalk.net. Once again, until the next time, take care of yourselves and each other.